Joining us now is Colonel Douglas McGregor to help us make sense out of the fog of propaganda from the Western press of what's happening in Bakhmut. Colonel, thank you for making time for us. If you just read Western media this weekend, you would think that, well, Ukraine has just retreated and they're going to encircle Russian forces and they don't really control. What is the truth? What is actually actually happening in Bakhmut and what is the significance of it? Well, listen, you're asking the right questions and Americans need to know the answers. <clears throat> I think the first thing we need to keep in mind is that Bakhmut was probably the most successful trap ever created in military history. Uh, ultimately, the Russians managed to turn Bakhmut into the graveyard of the Ukrainian army. At least 50,000 Ukrainian soldiers were killed and many more were wounded. It has been nothing but a complete disaster. Zelensky obsessed over Bakhmut the way Hitler obsessed over Stalingrad. And the Ukrainians have had to pay a terrible price. And if you want to know just how profound the impact of this loss is, you need to look at Politico's article over the weekend about the desire of people in the White House inside the Biden administration to press for a so-called frozen conflict in Ukraine. I mean, it's abundantly clear to them that uh, the myth of Ukrainian victory is just that. It's a myth. There's no chance whatsoever. In fact, the Ukrainians are on the road to total defeat and collapse. And what they've done is said, well, you know, we can't win, so we'll try to turn Ukraine into a European version of the Korean Peninsula. We'll split it. We'll freeze the conflict. Uh, we'll move U.S. forces into western Ukraine, and then we'll just sit across from the Russians for another 50, 60, 70 years. Of course, this won't work, Charlie, because the Russians have no incentive to cooperate with that. The Russians are waiting for one more burst of energy out of the Ukrainians, which they will annihilate, another massive offensive that goes nowhere. And then I think they're going to move to take Odessa, Odessa and Kharkov. But the truth is that Bakhmut was a catastrophe. And everyone knows it. People know the Ukrainians can't win. Now we're acting desperately at every turn. Send them F-16s, send them whatever we have. Truth is, none of that's going to make any difference. The real danger in the future is that once it becomes clear that uh, Ukraine has collapsed and the Russians are overrunning the two areas that I just mentioned, which are historically Russian, I, I fear that fools in Washington will talk about direct intervention by U.S., Polish, mm. uh, Romanian, maybe some British forces to somehow or another rescue the situation. That would put us at war with Russia, and we're not prepared for it. I mean, that is definitely the disaster to be feared. And you read the Western media. I mean, you have it right here in the New York Times and all over the Wall Street Journal. You know, it says that Ukraine let this happen and then they're trying to go back into Bakhmut. So but let, let's talk more about this from an American perspective. I had a dialogue recently with a lawmaker who is very pro this war. And he's like, well, we have to fight to the bitter end the liberation of Ukraine. And I said, well, how, how do you define Ukraine? He said, oh, including Crimea. I mean, can you just walk our audience through, Colonel, how irresponsible, how reckless that is? I, I don't think most Americans comprehend how cataclysmic their, some of their lawmakers are thinking on these topics. Well, Washington is characterized by a, a unique combination of arrogance and ignorance. Uh, the people talking in Washington, the vast majority of them, know absolutely nothing about Eastern Europe, let alone Russia and Ukraine. The problem is that in 2014, 
uh, people that are now inside the administration were involved in staging essentially a coup and removing the government that had been elected and replacing it with a government of their choice. This government is the government that you see now running Ukraine. It was a very anti-Russian clique, very hostile to all things Russian. And that government cooperated closely with us with the goal of ultimately building up enormous military power. And that's what has happened between 2014 and 2022. At the same time, uh, Putin, watching all of this and knowing what was going on, moved to seize Crimea, which historically has been Russian, certainly since 1776. And the problem is that he knew if he didn't seize it, that we would send the United States Navy and the Royal Navy and other navies from NATO to dock in Sebastopol. In other words, to use the Crimean naval facilities for NATO purposes. And again, he and his colleagues have been warning us for decades now not to advance to the borders of Russia, not to push NATO right up against Russia and Eastern Ukraine uh, is a position from which we could launch missiles and essentially neutralize the Russian nuclear deterrent, the ICBMs that they've got. Russians know that, so they weren't going to tolerate it. So to listen to somebody on the Hill talk about returning Crimea, he knows he has nothing. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And again, the population there was always Russian and Tartar. Well, it was every Ukrainian. And the same thing is true in Eastern Europe, Eastern Ukraine. It's scary to think if they know what they're talking about and they're still saying, I hope, I hope ignorance. If they actually know the topic, it's so irresponsible. So I want to get your response to this. There's been a lot of Internet chatter. We received some emails about this. I, I don't believe a word of this. So Jake Tapper reports that $3 billion just had an accounting error. And I, I think it's, I think the money's being laundered back through someone. I don't trust any of these people. So I want, I want to play this piece of tape and Jake Sullivan's response, and then I'd love your reaction. Play cut four. There was this very bizarre admission from the Pentagon this week uh, of an accounting error uh, that suggested that the U.S. has at least $3 billion that it didn't know it had that it can use for Ukraine aid. That's a hell of an accounting error. Well, one thing I just want to make clear, that is not money that went out the, dis the door and disappeared. That is not uh, a waste of that $3 billion. It is simply a tally of how much military equipment we have given them. Colonel, is there some money laundering going on here or some shenanigans? Because that's, that's quite an accounting error. But keep in mind, uh, Charlie, that we've been trying for 10 years to audit the Department of Defense. We can't do it. I mean, we, we just can't tell with any precision how much money has gone in, how much is coming out. Yep, that's right. And where most of it goes. So that that's the first thing. Second thing is, I think the mafia had better bookkeeping than the Biden. Well, they, ha they had to because they actually might have been uh, audited by the IRS. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I, and I think your point on laundering is very important. People don't understand that most of the cash never leaves the United States. It just moves to mm -hmm. from Congress to DOD, from DOD into the various defense contractors' hands, and then finds its way back in, in the form of uh, lucrative donations to members of the Senate and the House from uh, the industries that are grateful for the squandering of our resources. So there's no doubt that's true. But we should also understand billions of dollars do get through at some point because we own Ukraine. We pay for the government. We pay for the army. We're paying for the medical bills, everything, you name it. We effectively own the place. And that's another reason that I think the government wants desperately to find some way to retrieve something from the ash heap of history, which is what Ukraine is becoming.
So, you know, at the end of the day, you're dealing with more than incompetence. Remember, these are also ideologues. They really believe that we are over there fighting to extend LGBTQRS or whatever it's called to everyone else in the world. That's forcing right. Down throats. We're, we're forcing everything down everyone's throats everywhere, which is why right now the BRICS plus 80 other countries are developing an alternative to our financial system. We're going to see a meeting in St. Petersburg later in June. And the Russians and the Chinese and the Indians and the others are putting together gold-backed currency. They are actually going to conduct transactions in gold, and this is going to put us out of business. This further de-dollarizes the financial system. You're spot on. Colonel, back in the 15 or 1600s, there used to be conquests to try to spread Christianity. Now there's conquests to spread the gay agenda. And because they, they, they really believe, if you ask some of these people, they, they, they think it's their moral crusade to put forth, quote, their idea of Western values are not your and I ideas of Western values. It's LGBT, wokeism, you know, gay pride flags, BLM. How much of this conflict is actually an ideological proxy war of wokeism versus whatever they think Russia is? Well, it's very much that way on one level. And then on the second level, of course, you have BlackRock and all the other major financial institutions in the West who are trying to get control of the resources in Ukraine hmm. and would like to see wow. Russia destroyed so that they so can steal a the colonizing project. Russia. Okay, so an actual raw material colonization project. Yeah. And so, so American corporations think well, they look at it no different than the Dutch in Africa. They just are going to try to set up some sort of you know, corporate model if we're able to control Ukraine as the 51st state effectively? Oh, absolutely. And remember, the, the, the annoying part for them is that all of the critical resources are now under Russian occupation. So when they say they want to liberate the eastern part of Ukraine, maybe it's more about having rare earth minerals and agricultural advantage than it is actually having people believe in a certain... Are, are you... Are, are we, should we just think of everything through an ultimately cynical lens? I'm... I'm I'm already there, but it sure seems that way. Well, I, I think in this case, absolutely, given the fact that in eastern Ukraine, the overwhelming majority of the population there is Russian. They do, they're, it's not just a question of speaking Russian. They're ethnically Russian. Now, they, they were citizens involuntarily of uh, Ukraine, and they were oppressed as an unwanted minority. Their culture, their, their religion, everything was being oppressed. That's another reason why the Russians went in there, to relieve the suffering for the Russians in eastern Ukraine. The so bottom line is this this is none of this is what it seems to be. Most Americans have no idea. And you know, Charlie, most Americans are right about something. We should not be involved in this. This is not our affair. We understand none of it. We have no ties to the region. And that's one of the things that's very disturbing about this administration. Seems that there are a lot of people in this administration pushing the war agenda for reasons that have nothing to do with our interests, have everything to do with their own both financial and apparently historical uh, connections to the region. I encourage everybody, if you're up early enough for just 10 minutes a day, watch Morning Mika and Morning Joe, because if the CIA and the Department of Defense were to program a cable news channel to harmonize with what they want, it is pure deep state propaganda on this. I was watching it this morning, and it was, it was, it was we need more weapons, we need F-16s, and then Morning Joe does the thing where he leans in. Come on! 
Why don't you get it? Get your act together. Send them the fighter jets. And it's it's totally against the odds of the American people, but it's a reflection of what the war machine wants. They have their own cable news channel for four hours every morning. So, Colonel, I was talking about Morning Joe and how they're basically a propaganda arm of the war machine. Do you have any comments on that, on how many of these media networks are basically just taking press releases straight from DOD, from Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and then parroting them and laundering that information as news on TV? Yes, they do that. They they also bring in all these retired officers, particularly senior officers, who just repeat what uh, they've been given from the Department of Defense. So it's a it's a universal lie uh, that is designed to maintain the fiction that we're doing something positive, that the Ukrainians can win, and that Russia is evil incarnate. And unfortunately, because of the Cold War, the long experience of conflict with the Soviet Union, people are ready to believe it. But in truth. Uh, the picture is very, very different. We're, we're involved in the most corrupt country in the world, possibly, called Ukraine. The Ukrainian population is now down to less than 20 million, which means that 14.5 million have left the country or, in many cases, being killed. This is a, this is a catastrophe. It's, it's gross mismanagement of resources on our part here at home because uh, our war stocks are way down. Somebody asked me the other day if we had to fight a major war, could we do it? I said, well, as long as it lasts a week, we could do it. And he said, what do you mean? I said, after a week, all the missiles are gone. All the ammunition is gone. We're in very bad shape right now. And people don't seem to understand that. I mean, I mean, Colonel, I, I don't want to use the word without any basis, but I mean, how is that not high treason to deplete the military stockpile for a foreign adversary? I mean, you could want to help Ukraine. You could be misguided on that. But then to make us so unprepared... Yeah, that, that, that's a direct threat to our national security. Well, one would think the simple act of ensuring that our borders are open and undefended, uh, of dismantling the rule of law in our major cities, of appointing people who are turning against the core American population in favor of criminals and foreigners, I, I'd say that qualifies as well. But again, the American people are still three meals away from revolution, as Lenin would say. And I guess that's that's the problem. Uh, at some point, Americans have to demonstrate that they're they're not going to put up with it any longer. Uh, they're not there yet. And now a Raytheon CEO says Ukraine has depleted the weapon stocks. Now, just to play devil's advocate, Colonel, there is there is truth that only because I could see them lying about it to get more money from Congress because these people are a bunch of cockroaches. But you're saying this is actually legit. That it's not just. Oh no, it, it's legitimate, and just to, just keep in mind, he's going to gouge us on price. Of course, he will, because you're going to have to accelerate a timeline, you know, triple the price, all that crap. Yeah. And in and in addition, there are a lot a lot of this stuff should be replaced by new systems. In other words, it would be a mistake just to replenish all of the old material. I mean, we're we're thirty forty years away from really new military equipment in great quantities flowing into the armed forces. We're, we have an armed force that's designed for a kind of warfare that is over. I mean, it's still a major tribute to World War II. Uh, structurally, we need radical, radical reform. And remember, we've got 44 four-stars on active duty for a force of less than 1.1 million. And during World War II, when we had 12.2 million in uniform, we had seven four-stars. Think about that. Unbelievable. 
I mean, you think about it, the biggest war hawks are getting rich off of this. The worst Ukrainian oligarchs are getting rich off of this. The people who pay the price are ordinary Americans who have to watch the constant stream of flow and capital, money and attention to a border that you can't recognize while we're being overrun for 5,000 people a day. Where is all the money gone? Where is the money? Billions and billions and billions of dollars spent on Ukraine. Our border remains wide open. 10,000 illegals are coming across the border every day. Might be 15,000. We don't know. It's just a guesstimate. But our regime and many of your Republican leaders are just sending more and more and more and more and more money to Ukraine. But where has the money gone? Well, Jordan Schachtel joins us. He is the author of the Dossier Substack, and he's asking that question and doing the research. Jordan, welcome back to the program. Jordan, where is the money? Hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me. That's it. That's the million or that's not really the million dollar question. That's the hundred and fifty billion plus dollar question mm-hmm. is where's the money going? Where's the oversight? Why is Ukraine losing when we're giving them all this money? I mean, I don't know if you re- if you saw the news just this weekend in uh, Bakhmut, uh, uh, the Wagner group, which is a Pino battalion mercenary group, defeated Ukraine's organized army and captured a key city. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what exactly is going on here? Why, if we're committed to the defense of Ukraine and we're we're sending all this billions of dollars, like, why isn't Ukraine winning? And then it gets me thinking, like, what exactly is the goal here? If it's not for Ukraine to win, what exactly is the goal? Okay, so then let's talk about this three billion dollar accounting error. What's the story behind that? Yeah. So when they passed. When they continue to pass all of these bills for Ukraine funding, they claim that there's all kinds of oversight mechanisms and, you know, regulatory standards. But then we find out that there was some type of like three billion dollar accounting error. And my suspicion, based on, you know, years of reporting on these wars, is that they just kind of like decide to fudge the numbers from time to time, depending on where the political winds are moving and if Ukraine needs a few more billion dollars, what they can do is basically uh, increase the value or devalue some of the ammunition or missile batteries that they sent. And it's basically just become a giant accounting gimmick. And there's really just zero accountability whatsoever. So, so if you were to guess where the money is, I mean, do you think it's being laundered? Do you think that it's going to, I mean, wh- where, where is this money going? Is it all actually being spent on the war? Is there an inventory of missiles, bullets? rifles, logistical support? I mean, or is this kind of we're not even allowed to ask questions? So, yeah, this is this is where you enter into difficult territory because the defense industry is getting very wealthy off of this war. And certainly, you know, these purchase orders are very real. When you're sending, um, when you're dismantling the U.S. military and sending our weapons to Ukraine, um, first of all, they write up these paper receipts. So there's nothing really logged into an electronic system that can be verified and transparent. But when you're uh, dismantling our own military, that's great news for the defense industry in Washington, D.C., because that means new purchase orders. The problem, of course, is that it threatens our homeland security because, as you know, Charlie, there's a massive chip shortage that still hasn't been resolved worldwide. We have China 
that is continually threatening Taiwan, which is an essential chip maker for the world. So when we're sending Patriot missile batteries, while the, our government will write a check for the defense industry, so that's all well and good, but we're also leaving our own military in a vulnerable position while we may have to wait years to resupply our own army. Yeah, and they're, they're slowly squeezing Taiwan. It's the Python strategy. It's the buried lead that most of our leaders are not focused on at all. It's just a matter of time before they take it there. Okay, I want to play a piece of tape here. Um, let's go to cut 29. Zelensky confirms the loss of Bakhmut to Russia. But hey, at least you guys, as American taxpayers, can say you gave it a good old try. Play cut 29. Does let these Bakhmut still in Ukraine's hands? The Russians say they've taken Bakhmut. I think no, but you have to, to understand that there is nothing. They destroyed everything, there are no buildings. It's a pity, it's tragedy, but for, for today, Bakhmut is only in our hearts. So, so Jordan, what does success look like exactly then for the American regime in this war? Yeah, very sadly, the strategy seems to be to kill as many Russian soldiers as possible and use the Ukrainian civilians who are being drafted into the military to do so. Like the strategy is literally fighting down to the last Ukrainian. And if you're a Ukrainian, you know, living your life in Kiev, um, you have to really think about like who are exactly is your friend here. We know that the Russians aren't exactly, you know, motivated to support uh, the interests of Western Ukraine, especially. But, you know, the the NATO-U.S.-aligned Biden administration also has plans for Ukraine. And those plans involve basically using their Ukrainian military as the the tip of the spear in their kind of like xenophobic operation against Russians in general because they view Russians as, as, as a threat instead of trying to make peace between these two countries. Unfortunately, the Biden administration is acting as a very bad actor, as you've seen through the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, they're willing just to just to make life more difficult for Russians in general. They're willing to also harm basically the entirety of the European continent. And I, I think that, you know, when we're engaged in these overseas skirmishes between, uh, you know, these incredibly powerful forces, I think, you know, President Trump was right when he said that peace is the prize. You know, you can't forget about the human suffering here and you can't just, you know, label people according to, um, you know, whatever your geopolitical philosophy is and kind of forget about the human element here. There's thousands of people dying every day and, and it's it's for the better for the betterment of humanity, for, uh, you know, society, the world economy. I mean, nothing good can come out of the continuation of this war other than the flourishing of Washington and Wall Street. Yeah, I mean, look, Russians are humans too, and no one's allowed to say that out loud, but I I don't delight in the killing of Russians. I I had somebody once at an event, they said, Charlie, I watch videos of Russians being bombed, and I enjoy that. I said, I don't feel that way at all, at all. I'm not pro-Russian. I just don't get off on seeing Russians being massacred. I think that it's just something wrong with you, I think, if that's that's the case. I mean, Russia should be neutral towards the United States as we go after the true enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. It's completely unnecessary war. War is the worst thing that 
that we as humans engage in. So in closing, Jordan, what is the total number we've sent to Ukraine? Do we know? Is it 115, 130, 200 billion? What is the actual, do we have any idea what the actual number is? Based on my reporting on the war, I would put the number at around 150 billion plus whatever they value the supplies at. You know, the Europeans, they say that uh, Putin is akin to Hitler marching through Europe. The Europeans don't seem to think so because they're not really giving them any money. Um, so it's very interesting to hear all of these uh, World War II analogies coming from the Europeans especially. But yet, you know, the U.S. taxpayers being hit hard here, especially in a, in a very difficult economic environment, we just need to get out of this, you know, the, the overseas empire business. I agree with you entirely. We need to start treating people as human beings and we need to just start focusing on our own sovereignty, defending our own sovereignty, you know, building the freaking wall on the southern border. Like, why are we spending $150 billion on Ukraine 5,000 miles away? This conflict is taking place like enough of the empire stuff. I like to just see our country get back to using the military to defend our physical sovereignty and leave it at that the gae the great american empire or you could call it the gay that is trying to take over the world while our own domestic homeland collapses our country is falling apart our kids are committing suicide at record rates there are 10 to 15,000 illegals that are trespassing into our nation a day opioid deaths the economy is on the jitters the dollar is about to lose world reserve currency status which is tied to the stupid proxy war in ukraine and we're told that we just have got to spend more money. Got to spend more money. On what? On an ideological crusade against a border dispute to go make Raytheon's board of directors happy? To go make uniparty politicians that don't want to address real issues more popular? It's a disgrace. And I'm, it's time for Americans in both political parties to say enough. End the war.